Welcome to the Bernadette Jackson podcast, where we are redefining how the world views women with daddy issues by discussing topics, sharing stories, and gaining insight, all from the perspective of a fatherless daughter. I'm your host, Bernadette, the creator of Her Way. In today's episode, we have story time with Taylor Glenn. We talk about how fatherlessness affects her and more importantly, how she has been able to get past the pain. I am super excited for this episode because she shares so many gems that I cannot wait for you guys to hear. So without further ado, here is our interview. I am super excited to have Taylor Glenn on the show with us today. Taylor is the founder of Child Arise, a ministry dedicated to empowering the sleeping girl inside of women to arise. She uplifts women by cultivating an environment that allows them to be fully seen and heard no matter where they are on their path. In sharing her own story of overcoming over 10 years of built up trauma, teenage pregnancy and depression, Taylor models a life where she has reclaimed her purpose for God's glory. Her program empowers women to tap into the parts of them they've shut down for years, to love themselves wholly and to feel worthy of everything they were created for by introducing three steps, uprooting false identities, planting seeds of truth, and growing into all they have been created to be. With over 16 years in leadership roles and eight years of mentoring, Taylor is unwaveringly dedicated to helping women walk boldly and unapologetically in their purpose by knowing their priceless worth in the eyes of the Lord. Taylor, welcome to the Bernadette Jackson podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. How has it been for you in the first couple of days of the new year? How's it going? It's been great so far. Everything is so busy. Um, I actually got engaged on the 31st of December. So yeah, thank you so much. So I'm planning a wedding and work and um, I'm in this 12 week course. So it's a lot of busyness um, this first week, but all exciting things. So I am so excited for you. You have to hear it in my voice. I know my community is like, wow, she's excited. But I really love when I hear about people in love. I love it. I love it so Thank much. So Congratulations. Much. So tell me, what has been one thing that this pandemic has helped you to reveal about yourself? Um, I think it allowed me to acknowledge that my life is pretty separate than how the world operates. Um, I know it's impacted a lot of people. And so I feel almost privileged in saying that it hasn't really affected me that much. Yeah. Um, I'm an introvert. (laughs) So I don't really like to go anywhere or do anything. So for me, I'm just like, still not going anywhere. (laughs) Still not doing anything. Exactly. And my job is an essential job. So um, I've still been at work every day and actually got a promotion pretty much the middle of 2020. So I feel like my life is just so separate than the way that the world functions. You know, I think maybe the main thing it made me realize is just like how covered by God I am and, you know, the favor that's on my life. So I love that you are really thriving in this season and I love to hear it. I really love to hear it. Thank you. So why don't you tell me what your fatherless type is? Was your father absent? Was he deceased or physically there and emotionally unavailable? 
I would say physically there and emotionally unavailable um, until high school. And then when I was a freshman in high school, he got arrested and went to prison. So it went from, you know, being present physically to, you know, not being there at all. Yeah, that had to have been tough. So when he was there, you said that he was also emotionally unavailable. So it was almost like another layer added to that when he left for prison that it was just like his presence was completely gone. So even any hope that you might have had to have the type of relationship you wanted was now gone. Yeah, I think at that point he tried to really um, mend that relationship and have an emotional connection. But I really shut down at that point. You know, we had gone to my dad's house every other weekend growing up. Um, and he's very, he's a great provider. And, you know, that's a role of a dad. And so mm -hmm. he worked a lot. He would bring my brothers to work and leave me with my stepmom and my stepsisters. And so I just felt like, why am I here? You know, like I'm trying to spend time with you and you don't want that. Yeah. So once he got arrested, he tried to fix that um, and write letters and things like that. But I felt like you kind of had your chance, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like and I'm good now. Right. Right. And I think that that really is um, something that a lot of dads don't really understand that they really feel that because they're providing financially that that's enough. And I think that it really does do a disservice, especially when you have daughters, because the financial piece of it is important, but also just connecting emotionally is really where we really need that constant attention because you don't want it so that your daughter is seeking attention from someone else absolutely. or from places where like she has absolutely no business going and that's what typically happens with fatherless daughters when their father is physically there but emotionally unavailable so i'm glad that you brought that up because that's a really good point so some of the ways that fatherlessness affects us is emotionally and in relationships do you see that you may have had a pattern before you started to go down your healing where your fatherlessness affected you and the types of relationships that you had, whether it was you not being able to emotionally connect or just, you know, choosing men that mirrored your father's characteristics? Absolutely. Um, I think for me, like, my biggest thing was refusing to have this title of daddy issues. Hmm. Like, I did not want to claim that. And so I just turned the whole opposite direction and I was a pretty good kid overall like I had to try real hard in school but like I was in church a lot and my family wasn't and so I was pretty innocent as far as that went and so I basically got taken advantage of by mm. older men um and that put it in a place where I had accepted all of the daddy issues um characteristics without claiming the title Right. And, you know, that's like people call you fast or, you know, like those mm -hmm. type of things end up in relationships where you feel like you're only worth your body. Right. And that's pretty much how it worked out for me without saying it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everything that you were trying to run from, you ran right to it because, exactly. it, you know, you didn't resolve the issues that you had. And, yeah, you know, I tried to bury it. Exactly. Exactly. And it just kept and then that roots in your itself. life. Yep, you're exactly. right. Exactly. Yep. Very right. And it roots itself. And then you have all of this fruit that's growing that is the fruit of what you buried. And it's not a positive thing. Exactly. 
I remember the moment that I had decided that enough was enough for me in relationships. And I call it my coming to Jesus moment. And I just decided one day that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to continue to allow my fatherlessness to affect me the way it has. And so I went on a journey to healing. Do you have a moment like that in your life that you can share with us? Yeah, I feel like I have a couple of them, but probably the first one was, I was like 22, um, 21 or 22. And I owned my own home. I had my daughter already because I got pregnant when I was 18. Um, and I was, you know, posting all those basically half naked pictures on social media and going out partying and hanging out with whoever would give me attention. Um, and I had a conversation with my stepdad and he basically was just like, you need to get it together. Like, what are you doing? You're not just some regular 21 year old out here, you know, like you own your home, you have your daughter, you have all these things going for you. You're beautiful. You know, just spoke life into me and told me like, who wouldn't want to be with you, but you're settling for anyone who gives you attention. And so, you know, I broke down crying obviously. And from that phone call, I had made a decision to just like change my phone number because I literally gave it to anybody. And I had to, like, people would text me and I'd have to scroll up to the top of the text thread (laughs) to figure out who it was I was talking to. Yeah. Um, So that's a lot of numbers to block, you know? So Mm -hmm. I said, let me just change my number and kind of unplug from everything I'm doing right now. Um, Found a church I could get plugged into. And, you know, I think it takes sometimes longer than just that one decision, though. Yeah. Um, because even in that, I still had some really deep rooted issues where I wasn't dealing with necessarily why I was doing all those things. I just kind of tried to unplug from everything that was coming from it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It, it sounds like you had to make the decision almost daily to continue to, you know, do the work on yourself and to not get back into some of the same behaviors that you were doing before. I mean, at that point, you were probably so used to some of these things that it was really hard to kind of stop cold turkey. But once you had that coming to Jesus moment, I'm sure it was like, you know what, like, I need to be committed to this now because I can't continue down this road. And then when you have a daughter, and you don't want your daughter to see you doing some of the things that you're doing, it yeah. kind of put things into perspective. So I, I totally get that because I I have some of the same experiences that you do and I have a daughter as well. And a lot of what I do now is because of um, not wanting her to go down the same road that I did. So, exactly. you know, there was a lot that I felt I didn't know growing up. And I felt like if I had known these things, then I would not have made a lot of the decisions that I did. And so I vowed that when I had my children and when I have my daughter, that I would be open with her about the things that I didn't know about. And I would answer questions honestly when she asked me. So it kind of um, really just governs how I behave now and what I do. And also just wanting to to be pleasing in God's sight, you know, that really does help me in deciding what I need to be doing and and how I need to show up. So, yeah, I I completely get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, we see that cycle, like, repeat itself in our daughters and hiding it rather than functioning on autopilot, you know? Yes, definitely. What's one thing that you would tell your younger self now that you've gone through some healing? Um, I would say you know, that God is the only perfect father. Um, You don't really know until you're a parent that (laughs) 
we're really just out here <laughs> trying to figure our own lives out also, yeah. you know? <laughs> and um, we hold our parents like to this such high pedestal um, of perfection, you know? Mm-hmm. And we don't know any better because we're kids and that's like, we look up to them. But I would say just, you know, I can trust in who God is as dad and allow grace to my own dad um, because he really is like an incredible person, you know, like he didn't mean to make me have these like daddy issues or not show up or whatever. Like that's literally just his love language, his gift giving. Yeah. And so to just extend him some grace in that, like in his own growing process and Mm -hmm. him showing up as the best version of himself, like the way that he knew how to, mm-hmm. I think would have allowed me to um, really love him and myself better, you know? Yes, I, I definitely get that. You know, when we can get to a place in our healing journey where we can actually forgive our parents yeah. and forgive ourselves for the things that we do, I think that that's where we've really made the type of breakthrough where now we can accept the love that we really want and actually start to give it to people in return. So I, I get right. that. I yeah. really get that. So um, father loss is a trauma that affects us relationally. So there are a lot of areas of healing that will actually happen in relationships. And so because you're now an engaged woman, yay! yay <laughs> how would you say your current relationship has helped you in your healing journey? Um, this, ooh, excuse me, this relationship would not have happened without me healing first. Mm-hmm. Like it is such a reflection of God's love um that I didn't know how to accept until like I really unplugged and uprooted you know those false identities um so I think with this one like one I had to know my own identity before I could even be in this Mm -hmm. um and that's being God's daughter like at the core of anything that relationship had to come first Absolutely. Um, I always tell people like the woman with the issue of blood and how she said she was healed by touching his garment but he didn't say that she was healed until he called her daughter. And that's the only time in scripture that he calls anyone daughter. And so I really relate to that story so much. Um, It's just like my identity first and foremost is a daughter of the King. Mm -hmm. And so once I learned that it allowed me to be in a relationship that reflects the love of God. Um, So I had to learn, you know, God is father first. And now I see so much of the way that like my fiance covers me and like provides for me and allows me space like when something's triggering to say hey I responded this way because it triggered this in me or you know like just so much healthy communication Mm -hmm. um, and healthy love because obviously with sexual trauma it's really hard to be in relationships sometimes with people um, like romantic relationships in a healthy manner because you only know toxic yes and it's really hard to receive um, something that's genuinely in love mm-hmm. rather than, you know, uh, just a toxic place. Yeah. And so I think literally every single aspect of our relationship is him reflecting the love of God onto me in a way that I've never experienced before. Um, because again, I was never covered as a child and yeah. had grown men coming at me, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love what you said there. And it, it really just brings me to the next question I wanted to ask. You mentioned that, you know, you respond differently to triggers now than you did before. Yeah. So can you speak about how your healing journey has really helped you to um, take hold of what I call fear-based responses or how we respond to triggers in relationships so that you can have that type of healthy communication with your fiance now that, you know, you know, is new to you, but that you're experiencing and you're really enjoying in this relationship? Yeah. Um, so my like natural response is to shut down. I put up a wall and I don't like, I just completely detach. Yeah. And in the past, like past relationships, I was told that I was like too emotional or that I didn't care enough because I would shut down. And then those conversations would be challenging because they would be emotional about it. And I would have no emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And when I was in counseling, um, my counselor had told me that it wasn't because I didn't feel it, but it was because I felt it so strongly that my body would have to just shut off because it was too much. Um, and so once I acknowledged that that's what I was doing now with my fiance, I'm able to say like, Hey, this is like a lot for me. And I don't want to react emotionally where I'm like going off on you for no reason. So let me just think about this for a second, um, process for a moment. I usually write a lot, so I'll write things down or pray about it and just ask God, like, why am I responding the way I'm responding? Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to come back to him and have a conversation like, hey, this is what happened here. You know, like yeah. this triggered this moment. Um, so it's nothing that you did necessarily, but because someone else has done this to me, um, I responded in the way I responded. And so he's able to like allow me to cry and, you know, because again, he covers me so well yeah. that he knows it, it's not about him and he doesn't take it personally, but he can cover me and pray for me and we can communicate through it. And then it, it's funny. Cause like, if it happens again, it's not really a trigger anymore because I was able to heal through that moment. Yeah. Isn't God good? I mean, incredible. <laughs> the way he has brought you full circle and has really embodied in your fiance, the love he has for you is yes. really just amazing. And this is exactly what I pray that my clients will receive. And it is on the other side of healing that you can have these type of amazing relationships. Yes. So your story and what you're describing now is exactly what I hope and pray for for fatherless daughters every day that they will know that they deserve amazing relationships and then they will start to do the work to get to the other side of healing so that they can start to experience it. Yes. So how would you say that your lived experience has influenced what you do now in terms of your line of work, um, your program, how you parent if you're a parent or in any other way that you'd like to share? Um. I would say that it impacts it fully. Like I wouldn't be walking in what I'm walking in without the experiences that I've gone through, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I realized that as women, like we have this, again, it goes back to the woman with the issue of blood because Jesus was going to heal Jairus's daughter. And when he gets to her house, um, her family and everyone are laughing, like saying that she's dead. And so like they can only see this current version of who she is rather than like what Jesus is trying to do in her. Yeah. And I think so many of us are surrounded by people who only see who we are now um, and don't see like what God is trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so he sends them out. And I think a lot of us are scared to detach from people that we're connected to because it's comfortable or because it's we've been friends with them for so long. Yeah. But really, God's like trying to remove those people so that he can heal you and provide everything that he's trying to provide for you. Um, 
you know, and then he says, child arise. And so that's the whole reason for my ministry is like speaking to that broken girl that's inside of women that we've shut down because, you know, we were vulnerable and then it didn't work out well for us. So now I can't be vulnerable with people or this person hurt me. So, you know, now I can't trust anyone. And so I think for me, it's really speaking to that girl that is inside of us that we've shut down or put to sleep and allowing her permission to live again. Um, Because when we get to that point where we heal that version of us, then we're able to walk fully in truth and fully in purpose and be loved fully um, and love others well, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get that. And I think that the ministry really sounds like an amazing program for women because there are just so many women, not even just fatherless daughters, but women in general across all types of childhood trauma who could benefit from a program that really helps them to see themselves differently and see themselves not only differently, but the way Christ sees us. And the fact that you have really just, you know, birthed this program from your own trauma and your own pain is amazing. And I, I really can't wait. I can't wait to see more of what you do because just in hearing your story, it really just, it, it amazes me, honestly, how much God has been able to show up for you with you just telling him, you know what, I think I'm ready to do things your way now. And yeah, it's, that it's obedience is yes, a game changer. <laughs> obedience, man. I tell, I, I'm telling you, I talk about this all the time. The obedience really is just where things start to shift in your life. And that's, that's honestly how things shifted for me as well. It was just like, you know what? Okay. I'm tired of, um, running from what you told me to do, God. So I'm going to now step into what it is you said, even if I'm afraid, even if I don't know what's around the corner, but I trust you. And so I'm just going to continue to take these steps forward. And I, I just love what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. It changes everything. I tell people all the time, like exceedingly and abundantly is hard. Yes. Because we only think we're worthy of like what we see right now, you know, like, oh God, this is good enough. Like, but I like what I see here, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's really trying to do more than your mind can ever imagine. Like I'm still so in awe at some of the things he's been doing. That's why I said this last year, 2020 has been the best year that I've ever had, but it took 2019 being in a cabin that was a garage turned studio in my parents' guest house, you know, in the worst winter in mm-hmm. 10 years in Colorado, you know, just hibernating yeah. for a year, detached from everybody, um, for me to be able to experience this, you know, I had to uproot so that I could plant everything that he has for me to be able to grow into this, you know? Yeah, I love that. At the end of my interviews, I like to do something called Bernadette's Quick Five. It's a five-minute segment where we answer five questions, and you have five seconds or less to think about your answers. So there's no wrong answers. (laughs) So you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? All right. I'm ready. Okay. What's one thing you think people get wrong about fatherless daughters? Um, I would say the brokenness, I guess, is the first thing that comes to my mind, Um, and the inability to do great things with their lives or have healthy relationships. I think that they can definitely heal and, um, you know, acknowledge that and be able to thrive in all the relationships that they have. Yeah, I agree. What's one thing that you believe you're better at because you're a fatherless daughter? Um, I would say my vulnerability with my daughter, Mm. um, and acknowledging 
because, you know, the, the cycle repeated itself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, being able to be a generational curse breaker, um, yeah. is something I was able to do because I experienced it. So, you know, being able to end that in our bloodline, I think is what I was able to do because of it. That is awesome. What is, uh, the name of one book that you've read that has really improved your relationships with others? Mm, I would say, um, what was that book called? It is, I can't think of the name of it, but it's basically like a six month process of um, just dating God and okay. not being in a relationship with anyone. I'll have to get the name and get back to you because okay. it was incredible. Um, broke up with the relationship I was in and was just able to um, really date God for those six months. And you uh, work on your finances, you work on your health, Um, you know, your body, everything, like it's Mm -hmm. overall wellness for six months of just building that relationship with him before trying to have a relationship with anybody else. It sounds amazing. Uh, What would you like to be known or remembered for? Um, I would say for being obedient um, to God, you know, like I think I want to show that walking the way that he wants us to walk brings so much fruit and so much joy that you would never imagine like walking in your own path. I love that. And then this is the last one. This is a fill in the blank. My name is blank and my fatherlessness does not define me because. Uh, My name is Taylor and my fatherless does not define me because God defines me. Um, He tells me who I am. I love that. Taylor, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Where can people find you online? So I have a landing page right now because I have a lot of things coming to fruition that haven't quite launched yet. So um, you can enter your email there. It is at childarise.org. And then I'm also on TikTok, um, also at childarise. I'm not doing any of those dances on there, but (laughs) it's like a minute of encouragement or just like fun voiceovers and things like that. So those are the two places where you can follow to see everything that's coming. Uh, I love it. Here. I love it. org. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Taylor. It was amazing talking to you. Thank you and for having me, Bernadette. You're welcome. I can already see that Child Arise is going to be helping many, many women to come. Thank you Amen. so much. Thank you.